0: Brodo friends, Brodo fam, welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast, and today we are powered by you, the patrons, the people that support us. If you want to be one of those people, patreon.com slash Fantasy is where you can support us, and we take your money, and we do great things with it, and one of the best things we've ever done is make the Brodo, the, I'm sorry, the Fantasy Football by Brodo app that is now available everywhere you get your apps. This app has every single thing you need to dominate your fantasy leagues. If you want our opinion, you can get our opinion. Our podcasts are right on there. Our articles are right on there with our crack staff of people. Um, News is right on there. Our rankings are right on there. But we don't just go there. We don't just give you our advice and expect you to just say, okay. We have every single tool you need to dominate your draft, whether it's player profile cards, whether it's advanced statistics and exclusive Brodo statistics like true throw value and rushing yards over expected, whether it's player comparisons, not one, two, three, four, but five comparisons on what this player could be. There is a social media tool. Uh, player specs are on there. You want to know what their player's 40 time is? Boom, right there. Do you have... Cool tools that you can make, news, coaching stats, rankings, so much more. And now we have teamed with the Undroppables and they have crunched just absolutely demolished tape and they've come up with a rookie draft guide that gives you a profile of every single rookie coming out this year even some undrafted free agents so everything you need to dominate your league and it's in one place the fantasy football by Brodo app get that now anywhere you get apps let's start the show Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Third time's a charm. <laughs> Let's get it right. What's up, Jason? Hey, hey, the special guest is here, and the not the person who
1: is making mistakes, as Tim said. This is his third attempt at this, so yes. let's hope it's the one that sticks.
0: You know what? So sometimes life just gets in the way, and life got in the way twice while I was trying to do this intro. But we have a very special episode for you today. So it's just me and Jason. What up, Jay? Um, Michael's not with us today, had a last-second thing he had to run to, so we're doing this without Michael. But Michael's going to be part of this because we are releasing... Our first quarterback rankings of the year, we are going to give you our top 12. I mentioned also in the intro and in the little uh, thingy that we had right in the beginning that the reason why we are able to come to you is because of the support of the patrons. If you want to help us out, patreon.com slash brutal fantasy for as little as $3 a month, you have access to our discord, access to, um, to, uh, leagues there you go flavor pods i don't know why yeah i don't know why i don't know why leagues got is a word that didn't get stuck in my head you get access to leagues you get access to extra podcasts you get access to tons and tons and tons extra and the extra podcast that we're talking about um we're going to go deep into our quarterback rankings and we're going to get all the way down uh to quarterback twos as well so if you're in those super flex leagues uh, you're gonna want to listen up to that one. So we're gonna go over the top twelve in this episode, and then if you want the second episode this week, patreoncom slash fantasy is where you can support the show and get that. But before we get started today, Jason, we're in a very slow time right now. It's very slow, slow. And uh, so I want to pose a question to you. I want I want you to I want to bring you back to the nostalgia of what it's like to just completely get your heart broken in fantasy. So seven. The Uh, answer is seven. There's no they're not even close. All right. So here's the question. Would you rather (laughs) would you rather lose a trade really bad and watch the player you traded away lead another team to a championship or lose out on a free agent because you didn't spend enough fab. And watch that free agent lead another team to a championship. Which one's worse?
1: I think it's trade for sure. Because when you make a trade, you truly believe that you're benefiting your team. But there's nothing like being scared with your fab. Or not even just cautious. Like, you know what? I could get this guy for this much. Let me not use that extra $10 of fab. And then that guy explodes. Let's say it was Justin Jefferson in week one last year. You know? It would have worked out for you if you emptied your entire fab on him. Weakly. But if you decided to use, I'm just saying, even if you did it after week one, it would have worked out for you. So if you used 50% and you missed out on it, I think that hurts more than um, than making a trade and having it not work out because a trade is a trade, you know? You you do it because you think it's going to help your team, and sometimes you're just wrong. It's okay.
0: So you're confusing me. Which one's worse? Worse is fab. Versus is the Fab, so that's the one you really like. If you if you like missed out by like ten bucks Fab, but you have ten bucks Fab, but you're not a champion, ugh, that's rough. But I think it's the trades, man, because with the trade you there's nah, a, there's an aspect with trades though. There's a there's a pride aspect, right? There's a there's a proudness. Like if you get murdered in a trade, like really murdered in a trade, you your pride gets hurt a little bit. You have your your manhood gets taken from you a tad, just a tad.
1: I suppose. I mean, yeah, you don't want to lose a trade, but you're making it because you th- think that it's going to work. Fab, you're just, you missed out on some. I don't know. I think Fab is worse.
0: What What, what are your thoughts I, on... I'm not
1: compelled to think otherwise.
0: Um, what are your thoughts on Fabulous, the rapper? Mims. <laughs> what? Remember Mims? This is why I'm hot. This is why I'm hot. This is why. This is why. This is why I'm hot. Do you remember that Mims
1: was an acronym? Do you remember what the acronym was
0: for? No, I don't remember at all. Money, music is my soul. Music is my soul. That's yeah. not. That's not bad. I I thought it was gonna be a lot yeah. worse. I thought it was gonna be like significantly worse. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but, that's more lame than worse. You think it's lame? So look, we could talk about Mims all day. All right, but. We have something exciting and something special. It is uh, May 19th on the day we're recording this. And it is official. Our quarterback rankings are out, baby. Uh, We are working on something very, very special for the app. Again, this app always evolving, always going to the next level, always taking it to the next uh, frontier. Uh, We got something good for the app. And this is a little preview of what we got going on in the app. We're not going to tell you exactly what it is quite yet. But it is a tool that is going to help you out tremendously. Uh, it has to do with our rankings, obviously. Um, so we're going to get into that. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you our aggregate rankings. And then we're going to talk about why we like that person at the spot that they are at. Jason, are you or not shreddy?
1: We don't all have to agree. This is our aggregate rankings. I already
0: disagree with who's number one right now, so... But we'll, talk. we'll we're, talk. We're getting we're getting into it already. I can't wait to to have this uh, debate with you because the number one player, and a lot of people they just assume it's Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes is, I think, without question, the best quarterback in the league. I think that by this time, if you don't think Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, it's probably because you're a Green Bay Packers fan. Um, but with that being said, the number one ranked. Quarterback is Josh Allen, number one on the quarterback list. It has been a long time coming for Mr. Josh Allen, someone who I don't flex about this enough. I loved coming out of college. He was my favorite quarterback in that draft. I love what I saw out of him in Wyoming. And then it took him a little while to get accurate in the league, but they were patient. They got him the weapons. And now here we are, Josh Allen, not only with his running ability, but with his uh with now his arm ability, coming in as the aggregate number one. I have him as my number one quarterback. Jason, you have Pat Mahomes as your number one quarterback. Talk about Josh Allen and why he's not number one for you.
1: Uh, Well, this is, I mean, he's my number two. So I'm not going to talk bad about Josh Allen. I just think, look, when you look at the quarterbacks who are arguably able to be ranked above Patrick Mahomes, I'd say four people have a case. You have Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, and Lamar Jackson. And I just don't know if Patrick Mahomes is just such a better thrower than all of them. And he is – because my thing is Mahomes is such a better passer, right? Like that's obvious. And then when you look at their legs, you know, some, some might think it's obvious Josh Allen is the much better runner. And in terms of touchdowns, yes, he'll run for more touchdowns than Mahomes. But guess how many more rushing yards Josh Allen had than Mahomes last season.
0: Um I'm guessing because you're framing the question this way not a significant amount. It's all right, 115. I feel like 115. What is the, what was the totals? I don't have the I don't have the it the, in front of me. 308 and 421. I mean that's a quarter extra, a quarter extra yards. Yeah, but, but
1: in terms of points that's 11 points, right? Mm, mm, eh. Whereas Mahomes 4700 passing yards as compared to Josh Allen's, oh, 4,500. That's about seven points as well. So I, that kind of cancels so out. So I was going to say because, so.
0: like, I think you you said it's obvious that Patrick Mahomes is a superior passer to Josh Allen. And I'm going to say this. Look, it's obvious Pat Mahomes is superior to everyone because he's the best. But is it that obvious that he's that superior to Josh Allen? Josh Allen had a very, very good season last year where he completed 70% of his passes and, and plus – and had a phenomenal year throwing to Stefan Diggs and, and the boys. So I just I, I I think that what you're saying is people are underrating Mahomes' legs. I think you're underrating Allen's arm. I get that. I definitely hear that argument. I think that Mahomes
1: and Allen should definitely be the top two quarterbacks for sure. Cause if we like if we look at the other guys, they're just more question marks. We'll talk about them later. So I agree that they're the top two what's funny is so just the inside look behind ranking sometimes it's hard to rank because if you want to rank for a competition you need to be a little ballsy because if you just have chalk then you're not going to win the competition right you're not going to be the most accurate if you're just doing what everyone else is doing but then you also don't want people to think that you're condoning that action you know what i mean like in terms of the draft. I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Allen ends with more points than Mahomes. So at the end of the year, I should have ranked him higher. But if I'm drafting, I'm going to take Mahomes just because he's safer, and I know that I'm going to get at least 20 points a game.
0: Interesting. See, all right. So let's go to, to this because you you have Patrick Mahomes at number two. The conglomerate has Patrick Mahomes at number two. I actually have Patrick Mahomes at number four. Now I, I, I'm going to say this. Whoa. These are there's a lot of whoa. I'll look, hey, whoa, hey! <laughs> there's a lot that can be changed between now and the start of the season, so there's no guarantee that Patrick Mahomes is not, um, is not a starter. I mean, is not a uh, starter. What am I talking about? Is not a top three player in my rankings. You know, by the time it's all said and done, here's why he's number four in my rankings. I don't think there's any type of Any type of doubt, like I mentioned, that he's the best quarterback in the league. Here's what I saw from him last year, though. I saw him get hurt. I saw him in the playoffs get chased down. I saw him run for his life. You saw him in compromising situations when he was running for his life. For me, and I'm looking at Chiefs management here, if you're Chiefs management, how long before you say, hey... This is our 500 million dollar quarterback. We have to protect our 500 million dollar quarterback. He is absolutely lethal from the pocket. He can move around in the pocket, no problem. But we got to cut off every single rushing that he's that he has, unless it's a scramble. And I think that that is something that we could be looking at this year for the Chiefs. Now, this is definitely something that's that's me projecting. Okay, that's not like I'm not basing this on anything I see in camp or anything like that. I'm looking forward to camp so I could see if I'm right about this. But projecting forward, I just think that the Chiefs are looking at their investment. They're seeing what happened in the in the Super Bowl last year. They're seeing what do we have to do to keep this investment alive? What do we have to do to keep this investment from fucking us? And I think that the number one thing to do is stop putting him in harm's way. So I think that uh, Patrick Mahomes you know, is not going to run. And then in order to be a top three quarterback, That's when you have... Just- When you have guys like Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, and Lamar Jackson, who have such a high floor because of their rushing ceilings, I think that I think that Patrick Mahomes comes in at number four because he's going to have to be MVP in order to in order to compete with those guys fantasy points wise.
1: It's a little too speculative for my taste. You're basing a lot of this on some question marks. Uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson. It's not the only thing. Lamar Jackson is clearly going to run for a thousand yards and in his career has five seven and seven touchdowns so he's gonna have five to seven touchdowns that you could bank on. But then the other guys, Kyler Murray is small man. And banking on another eleven rushing touchdown season, I I'm not ready to do that. Let's talk yards, about, maybe. Let's talk you about could Kyler. Have yards. Hold on,
0: let's talk about Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray comes in at quarterback three. Um, for you, Jason, you have him at quarterback four, I believe, or five? I have him at four, yeah. You have him at four. Um, I have him as quarterback two, so that means probably Michael has him at quarterback three. Um, here's why I have him at quarterback two, and, and there was a great article written by one of our writers this year. Um, I think it was, I can't remember who. Was it Shiz, or was it Gian, uh, Gianluca? Gianluca. Fun fact about that. Um,
1: Gianluca. <laughs> Tim used to call him John Carlo. I just I just called him John <laughs> Carlo start, right now.
0: And then started calling him John Carlo Luca. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean John Carlo is more of a regular name. Not you know, you know what I mean by regular than John Luca.
1: Um you're talking about the winners and losers of the draft article.
0: Yeah. And the Kyler Murray article,
1: right? Because you have
0: to think about this. Yeah, that was that was um uh John Luca. Look, it's he brings up good points because Kenyon Drake has fifty eight red zone opportunities um last year. And he had 35% of the red zone market share. And there's not really anyone to take his place because, I mean, conventional wisdom to me would say Chase Edmonds or or James Conner would be the beneficiaries of all that vacated work. But to me, I don't think so. I think the work goes to Kyler Murray not only on the ground but in the air. I think that you're going to see Kyler Murray throw into the end zone way more than you saw him throw from the red zone last year. I think you're going to see him run in the red zone way more than you saw him last year. And I just think that Kyler Murray is going to have opportunities in the red zone that not many are going to have. I also think that they're probably not going to be as effective in the red zone because they lost all that red zone prowess. And hot take right off the Batsky, Matt Prater, K-1. You heard it here first because you got a terrible team that – not a terrible team. I'm sorry. A a terrible in-the-red zone offense with a small quarterback and small receivers – um and no one to punch it in. And then you have Matt Prater, the leg in the dry Arizona Heat. I'm trying to get all the Matt Prater I can this year. I'm just putting that out there. But going back to Kyler Murray, how are you I gonna just
1: say how are you gonna say the kicker for a bad red zone team, but then have that support Kyler Murray? Because Look, the thing of Kyler Murray for dude, me is just
0: there's 58 vacated red zone opportunities. Kyler Murray can can literally get half of that and and score on half of those attempts and be way better this year. I didn't say there's going to be a better well, red zone team, just that Kyle is going to have more opportunities in the red zone.
1: Those are going to be opportunities, sure. But that's just how the world works. That the Cardinals had, I could look up the coaching right now, um, but probably a decent amount of plays last year. And they're going to have a similar amount this year. Now Kenyon Drake is gone. Yeah, sure, that's all fine and dandy. But a red zone opportunity doesn't mean that it's going to end up in a touchdown. And it also doesn't mean that it's going to be Kyler Murray who scores that touchdown. They brought in James Conner. They have Chase Edmonds and Kyler Murray was super inefficient last year. He was 22nd in true throw value. He only had 26 touchdowns, good for 12th in the league, despite the seventh most pass attempts, 15% in adjusting completion percentage, 18th in completion percentage. I just can't put my bucket in a guy who is kind of small. So I I'm not going to trust him finding the end zone 11 times on the ground again in front of someone like Patrick Mahomes. I just can't do it. He needs to improve, and I don't know if he's able to improve. They didn't make that many additions this year. They added James Conner on the ground. All right, fine. That can't stop Kenyon Drake. And they drafted Elijah Moore. Big deal. Um, I And they brought in A.J. Green. A.J. Green was the most inefficient receiver in the league last year. He had over 100 targets, A.J. Green.
0: I think Over that 100 targets and he was a bum. I think what is what is AJ, what does the addition of AJ Green do though? It gives you height in the end zone.
1: No, it makes it honestly, it makes the team worse.
0: Nah, not, it's like, not in the red it's zone.
1: At, it's like the Ravens adding Sammy Watkins. The Ravens got worse when they added Sammy Watkins. The Cardinals got worse when they added AJ Green.
0: I don't know how you could say that the Ravens got worse from adding Sammy Watkins. I don't understand that at all.
1: Sammy Watkins is so inefficient that it is worse for him to be on the field and receive passes than those passes going to someone else.
0: I mean, when you're talking about the, the Ravens, who, who are you talking about? Willie Sneed? Like, it's not like he's taking someone coming and taking someone's job.
1: Well, now, now they just got Bateman.
0: All right, Bateman too. Like, he's a rookie though.
1: Bateman, Marquise Brown, and Miles Boykin all should be on the field over Stanley Watkins.
0: <sighs> Look.
1: That gets us to Lamar Jackson too, I it, guess. It
0: does get us to Lamar Jackson. We are doing these transitions like bosses, and we're not even trying. <laughs> um, but I do want to say one thing about Kyler Murray before we get going is that Kyler Murray was two separate quarterbacks last year. He was the quarterback before the shoulder injury and the quarterback after the shoulder injury, and I think it's very important to notice that because his numbers were w- way way better in the first half of the year before he injured his throwing shoulder, um, which he injured on a, injured on a run. So that like uh, that is some of my logic coming back against me uh, from earlier with Patrick Mahomes. But with that being said. Uh, you know, his passing numbers were way better than the numbers that you just read off uh before he got injured. So I think that there take those numbers with a little bit of a grain of salt. Those are not Kyler Murray at 100%. That's Kyler Murray, you know, trying to put the team on his back uh, and, you know, doing that. And also, James Conner. Miss me with James Conner talk, man. That guy is—I like the guy. He came back from cancer. I fuck with James Conner. I, I like the, the person he is. But he looked— Really bad last year, and then he signed a, a like a 1.5 million dollar contract with like nothing guaranteed. So I th- I think that you know James Conner is James Conner. I'm not gonna get excited over James Conner. I'm gonna have zero shares with James Conner this year. I think it's Kyler Murray in the red zone. But let's get over to Lamar Jackson, Tim. Because I even we'll talk about Lamar
1: Jackson too. But I even have Dak Prescott Prescott at third over Kyler Murray.
0: See, now now you're just talking nonsense.
1: Um, well we'll get to we'll get the Prescott after, but. All right, we'll get to. It. I'll save this because this shit blew my mind. We Lamar
0: Jackson comes bit. in at number four, though. Let's talk about Lamar Jackson because we've been tweeting about Lamar Jackson, and people have been giving a shit because the the consensus is that Lamar Jackson can't throw for some reason. And does Lamar Jackson struggle hitting the outside of the numbers? Yes, he does. Uh, is there something to be said about the fact that he's throwing to just Hollywood Brown and, and Miles Boykin, uh, two guys that weren't even in the league two years ago? I think there is something to be said about that. But with that being said, he has been one of the most consistent fantasy producers in the air according to True Throw Value. The last two years ranked second and 11th overall in True Throw Value. As you know, this is adjusted fantasy points per attempt. This is every time the ball leaves Lamar Jackson's hands, it is the 11th most valuable throw in the league. Now, that might not sound like a lot, but when you add that to his running prowess, then you have something special. And you have also... This three-headed running back room now that's not being dragged down by the ghost of Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram, you know, running backs fell off a cliff. Running Mark Ingram fell very hard off that cliff last year. So now you have Gus Edwards, 26 years old, J.K. Dobbins, who is only in his second year, and you have uh, Hill. Uh, I forget his I forget his first name, but. Um, a little Just. scat justice, Justice Hill. He's a more of a scat back, the speed guy. And then of course you have Lamar Jackson. And if you go to a, a Brett, the Brett Coleman video breaking down the Ravens running attack, it's very, very, very um complex. And it's and it's very, very, very um focused on the quarterback getting very purposed runs. And that's so the designed runs for Lamar Jackson are not going to change. Um, I still think he's a force in fantasy and I think getting him, he's going to be consensus ADP. You got to think he's going to be behind Patrick Mahomes. You got to think he's going to be behind Josh Allen and there's a chance he's behind Kyler Murray and there's a chance he's behind Justin Herbert and, and Dak. If you can get him as the third to sixth quarterback in your fantasy league, you're doing wonderful, uh. For me, I've I've acquired Lamar Lamar Jackson in two separate dynasty leagues because people are for some reason down on him. I don't understand it. I think Lamar Jackson is going to be another a beast again this year for fantasy. Jason, I think you're muted. I did the
1: I did the mute thing again. You know, sometimes <laughs> Zoom works and you press the space bar. Sometimes it doesn't. I agree with everything you said. I just have Lamar Jackson at where am I five. Because I just think that his ceiling is lower than the other guys. And it's because of the type of offense the Ravens run. You just listed the entire team, so I'm not going to do that. Um, Surprisingly, I think you left out Mark Andrews, which is like your favorite person (laughs) on that team. I mean, it was last Uh, year. But that's how the Ravens are going to play. They're going to run the ball. They're going to use Gus Edwards. They're going to use Lamar Jackson. They're going to use J.K. Dobbins. That's what they're going to do. And their game plan is like use clock play defense, and I just don't think the potential volume is there for Lamar Jackson to be a guy that can definitely outscore the people around him. I think his floor is very high, but his ceiling just isn't there because of the amount of attempts he's going to have. He's not going to throw as many times as Josh Allen. He's not going to throw as many times as Dak Prescott. And And at some point, volume plays a role, no matter how efficient you are. I
0: think you for thank you for getting that fantasy running. Only t- ten rushing yards are worth the same value as twenty five passing yards. Don't forget, don't forget that, Jason. Um, let's yeah. Move but on. the guys
1: around him are closing in on a thousand rushing yards
0: now too. Kyler Murray at eight hundred nineteen. Josh Allen, and that's why I have Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. And so I, I've tiered my rankings as well. Tier but. one is Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. Now tier two has started. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, in in Tier 2, I have Dak Prescott ranked 8th. He is the consensus number 5 overall player. How do you have him 8th? Why don't you tell me why he's number 5 for you, and I'll tell, him, I'll tell you why I have him 8th.
1: You know what Dak Prescott did when healthy last season? Scored 28 fantasy points per game. First for quarterbacks. So based on the points per game, he was the first quarterback. Do you know... Guess how many yards he was on pace for? I don't know. 5900. It's a lot. He was on pace for 5936 yards.
0: That's a lot of yards.
1: Yeah, I know. Obviously that's not sustainable. But the man was throwing like a maniac. He had 3 rushing touchdowns in 5 games and we don't even uh, his it's hilarious how much talent he has around them. CeeDee Lamb could be a one on teams. Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, who on the Broto Comp tool has um, some Devontae Adams comps in there. Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard. This team is just filled with greatness. And you know what else they lack? Defense. They lack a defense. The Cowboys are going to look like they did last year, which is you're going to have to put up 40 if you want to win. And Dak Prescott just got paid. I know he was... I know that he's he was injured, but I trust modern doctors to resolve his issues, and I think that Dak Prescott is if he's if his ADP is after five, he's a slam dunk.
0: So I'm just worried about him coming back. If I'm being honest, and and again, this is my 1.0. There's a lot of room to move around in these 1.0s, but I put Dak Prescott eight because. I could see a scenario where he struggles coming back a little bit, where he is a little bit, um, think Carson Wentz, right? Uh, A little bit timid. Now, it's going to be a lot easier for him because, like you said, Cooper, Lamb, Elliott, Gallup, Jarwin, Pollard, these guys are insane uh, insane weapons, and he still has a good offensive line. It's not the offensive line in the past that was the undisputed number one offensive line in the NFL, but it's still a very good offensive line. So everything around him is in place. We've seen him do it before. He really just needs to come back from this injury. And, you know, if I see him, this is not something where I have him eighth and I'm just like, oh, no, I'm down Dak Prescott. Like, if I see him in mini camp, like, looking good, like, I'll I'll bump him up a couple spots right away. I, I just need to see him. I just need to see him come back. So I have him at eight right now.
1: I get that. I just, I think you can get him at value because of an injury, and I would... I would do that. I would get him at value.
0: So the, let's go to our, the, the end of the top half of the QB1s. Coming in is the young, studly one, uh, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, uh, look, the guy was impressive last year. Burst on the scene. Uh, we were watching in my parents' backyard, Justin Herbert's first start. Uh, we were watching Red Zone, but the other game sucked. So Red Zone was basically just the Chargers game. And we were just watching the Chargers game. And it struck me from the very moment, from the very moment Herbert touched the field, he had no fear. He was throwing the ball all over the place. I think his first throw was a bomb. And that gives me great confidence in who Justin Herbert is. Not only that, but the way he finished the year. Now, it is something to be said that he's completely changing his coaching staff. Second playbook in the second, second, um, and second, coaching staff. Uh, actually, his new his new offensive coordinator is Joe Lombardi. Who, fun fact, Saints QB coach for the last five seasons under Drew Brees and Sean Payton, but also grandson of Vince Lombardi, the guy they named the Super Bowl trophy after. So definitely a legacy. You got you know how I feel about legacies. So I mean, Joe Lombardi, who been who was working ironically with Drew Brees, and now was a Chargers offensive coordinator. Um, who was working with Drew Brees, I, this is, again, this is another assumption that I'm going to have to work out as the year goes on, but I'm assuming he puts the ball in Justin Herbert's hands more than the previous administration did. We know that an Anthony Lynn offense usually looks like a lot of running back work. And Justin Herbert, last year, when, um, when he had both of his running backs healthy, when Austin Eckler came back healthy, his, his uh, numbers kind of struggled a little bit. And he wasn't as free as he was before um, the injury to Herbert. Now, I think, as it should be, Eckler plays a different role in this offense with a new head coach. And I think Justin Herbert is giving the keys a little bit. And from what I've seen, I want to be in a situation where I have the keys with Justin Herbert. So Justin Herbert is the fifth quarterback ranked for me um, here. And he's uh, next up sixth overall. My, uh, Jason, where do you have Justin Herbert and why? I have him at six. Um, I I Doing my
1: rankings, look, like you said, it's May, right? This is version 1.0. I wouldn't be surprised if it looks pretty different by the time the season comes around. I wanted to put Herbert higher. I, I think that Justin Herbert for MVP is a great bet right now. Mm. It's like plus 2,000 or something. Interesting. So I think that's a great bet. The thing with Justin Herbert... Because you 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 mentioned coaching and um, on the fantasy football by Broto app, we have all the coaching stats you need. Probably. Anthony Lynn threw the ball the fourth most time of any coach last. I think so. I, you see that. I think. So that, you that's, listen, listen. That's, that's definitely. So you exact. Listen. All yeah. right. You prick. All right. So you see that and you think, oh, there's room for aggression here. He might throw less, but then when you look at pass percentage, because everything's relative. Anthony Lynn was 21st in the league in pass percentage. So it's entirely possible that this regime runs less plays but passes more. So I'm not concerned about Herbert losing volume. Because that's probably something that people are going to discuss when it comes to Justin Herbert. And I just think that he's talented. Call me crazy. I, I said this about Sammy Watkins. This is a little bolder. I think Michael would agree with me. Losing Hunter Henry is not a big deal. Not a Hunter big deal. Henry.
0: Not a big deal. You said he
1: wasn't very good last season. No. Huh. He was inefficient. He should have played a lot better than he did. And they brought in Justin Cook, and Justin Cook's older. Yeah, but he'll be able to catch the same balls Hunter Henry did. He still has Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen, and they should probably get Mike Williams a little more involved. Jalen Guyton is a better deep threat than. You probably get more involved too. I just think that Justin Herbert has MVP potential, and that's why I have him at six. And I'm not concerned about the coaching change.
0: There is one thing I you mentioned. Wanna... Did wanna... you
1: mention that? I I don't remember if you mentioned their new offensive coordinator, Joe I Lombardi. I did. I gave. Yeah. A, I gave a whole. He's little... coming from the Saints, I, 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 and we I all know all where the Saints. I was looking up the coaching stats. so Yeah, I yeah, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
0: You don't listen to me. That's the problem. <laughs> you don't listen to me. Uh, I think it's something You're to be pretty said, though. guy, my man. You mentioned that the passing plays, like they ran the fourth most passing plays, and then you disproved yourself. I got that. But at the same time, I think it's really important to note that, uh, yeah, they run all these passing plays, but Austin Eckler, 65 targets. Joshua Kelly, 23 targets, 23 receptions. Wow. Joshua Kelly caught every single target that he was uh, thrown at last year. That's pretty impressive. 54 uh, 54 for Austin Eckler. You know, and it it keeps Justin Jackson had 24 targets uh, and 19 catches. So, you know, I think it is fair to say that, yes, they are pass attempts, but they run that extended West Coast style where the short pass is kind of like the running game. So that counts as runs to me. You know what I mean? What, you know it's I mean? A good like, thing, bro. It's good. It's Why good. Why the fuck would you want
1: someone to hand it off when they could pass it? For fantasy points?
0: The fuck? I'm, all I'm saying is that Anthony Lynn ran more than you might think. He just did it in a different way. That's all I'm trying to say. Um, let's go to the next one. Now we're in the second half here. Um, leading things off is Aaron Rodgers himself, the drama queen, drama king. Um, Person who always has his name in the lips of everyone every offseason because of some drama he's, he's getting himself into. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is next. I mean, simply for Aaron Rodgers, I have him ranked seven as well. At this point, it's hard to rank him because we just don't know where he's going to be next year. If I put, can put my money on it, I'd say he'd be back with Green Bay. So I think that he'll be back. And Look, I mentioned this last year. You could talk to me about it. Michael's not ready to admit that I was right. I, I don't know if you were. Uh, you are ready. I don't. Jason, are, are you ready to admit that I was right about the fact that drafting Jordan Love has motivated, motivated Aaron Rodgers to be better and to bounce back and to win MVP? Is that? It, I mean, you can't even deny it at this point. The guy's holding out. The guy's no. Never wants we to play can give you Packers credit, again. and we could say yes.
1: Aaron Rodgers is an MVP. Yeah, sure. You're right.
0: You're called it. He was great. Don't give me the Jordan Love <laughs> bullshit. It's not bullshit. How many? I, I I don't know how many times I could have this conversation. You, the man is holding out because of Jordan Love. Like he's holding out because of him. He's threatening not more than
1: Jordan Love. They refuse
0: to get this guy a weapon. Uh, no, that has nothing to do with it. That has nothing to do with it. It's because they drafted a quarterback. It's because they drafted a quarterback. I don't think there's any question about it. Either way. A pissed-off Aaron Rodgers is an Aaron Rodgers I'm betting on. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is going to go out and have a bad season as long as Jordan Love's on the roster. So I think that, again, Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back MVP is not out of the question. I'm not going to be picking him again, but I don't think it's out of the question. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised. Again, these are subject to change. I wouldn't be surprised if I have Aaron Rodgers a little bit higher going into the season here. I concur. Um, They're just – if you look at
1: what Aaron Rodgers did last season – just a crazy giant step up. And I'm a little bit weary of it, but not enough to pass up on him at QB seven. I think he's a good price there. That's where I have him ranked. Cause if, if you go back to 2016, Aaron Rodgers threw 40 touchdowns, seven interceptions. And then after that, 16 and six in a seven game season, then 25 and two, 26 and four, I was tooting the, Aaron Rodgers becoming a bitch who doesn't throw the ball into coverage. Um, I I was making that argument a lot. And that's that's really what changed last year. He decided he was going to throw balls into more dangerous spots sometimes. And he still only threw five interceptions, so he's still super efficient. But he threw 48 touchdowns. If that number comes a little bit more back down to earth, then he's going to not be the MVP. And he's going to be a very good quarterback, but not a top five quarterback. So I have him at 7 right now. I wouldn't be surprised if, honestly, I move him a little lower rather than higher as we get closer to the season. But he's a decent back-end QB1. I think he definitely... He's not going to throw interceptions. We already know that. So the question is how many touchdowns can he throw? And if he's in Green Bay with Devontae Adams and no one else, he's proven he can throw 48
0: touchdowns. So Our next quarterback, I think, is the most egregious underscoring. Now, I have him at 6, so it's not like I'm I'm super higher than this. He's 8. But I think that you're talking about Russell Wilson here, by the way, is number six. And the reason why I am kind of in love with Russell Wilson this year is twofold. And I'm going to get a little conspiracy theorist around here. Number one, Brian Schottenheimer, ding dong, the witch is dead. Talk about a guy who was holding back his quarterback. He was holding back his quarterback more than I think anyone has ever Held back a Hall of Fame type talent ever in history, uh, just not letting him throw the ball. Um, hashtag Let Russ Cook was the movement, and it seems to have worked. Um, they replaced Brian Schottenheimer with Shane Waldron. Shane Waldron was the quarterback coach um, for LA. So, I'm sorry, in the uh, the pass game coordinator for LA. So, look, they're bringing in someone from the Shanahan McVay coaching tree. So you know it's going to still be centered around the run, but there's going to be a lot more opportunity for the quarterback to work. There's going to be a lot more opportunity for the quarterback to to get some easy throws in. There's going to be a lot more opportunity for the quarterback to run, probably. And there's going to be a lot more opportunity to let Russ cook. So I think that, again, we're going to have to see this play out. And these are these are rankings 1.0, and I can't stress that enough. But if what I think is correct from Shane Waldron coming in I love this. Now, here's where the conspiracy theory angle comes in. Um, In the division, now, you have the actual Sean McVay from the Sean McVay coaching tree. You have the actual Kyle Shanahan from the Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. You have Shane Waldron from that coaching tree. And you have Cliff Kingsbury, who is a product of that scheme, of that coaching tree. So when you think about that, you have four people in the same division running the same offense. I wonder what type of effect it's going to have on the defenses and on their ability to score against each other. So I am worried about that a little bit, especially because Russell Wilson tends tends to struggle against LA and now it's their passing game coordinator who they're planning against. I think that that could have some backfire ramifications, but I think Russell Wilson will have his opportunity this year, and I think hashtag let Russ cook is in full force this season.
1: I can lie to you, Tim. I was entirely surprised to hear Russell Wilson's name here. I haven't met 10. Hmm. Um, let me remind you, all wise one, that you claim Brian Schottenheimer leaving is a good thing, but rumor has it, and it was basically said that Pete Carroll fired Brian Schoenheimer because Schottenheimer passed too much.
0: Nah. What? Nah.
1: Yeah, man. What are you talking about? Who said that? At the end of the year. Who said that? I'm I'm pretty sure Pete Carroll said that. And at the end of the that. year, Tyler Lockett was literally saying, Oh, we stopped passing. Like we stopped running the ball. Like the entire offense is brainwashed into thinking their problem was that Russ wasn't throwing enough. And, yeah, they brought in a new offensive coordinator. You mean, Russ,
0: you mean Russ was throwing too much?
1: Yeah. And the the thing is with Russ, right, no one was even starting him in the playoffs last year. This guy ended the year with 4,200 passing yards, 40 touchdowns, 513 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, and he wasn't even in people's minds during the playoffs. People were upset if they had to start him. The up and down, up and down of Russell Wilson just got to an extreme last year, but it's always been like this. He's going to be top five for five games, but he's going to be outside of the top 20 for seven more. So I have my quarterback 10 because at the end of the year, he's going to end up there. But is he someone that you want to rely on every week? He's a better best ball player at this point than redraft
0: just so much volatility. I, I I look, for me personally, remember how I told you I've acquired Lamar Jackson in two separate dynasty leagues this year? I've traded away Russell Wilson in both of those dynasty leagues as well. So I hear you. I I hopped off the Russell Wilson up and down train myself. I I think that, you know, let's give this new offensive coordinator a shot. Let's see what happens and let's see if Russell Wilson is finally because you got to remember too he made noise this offseason for the first time he let it be known that he wasn't happy with the entire situation, that he wasn't happy with getting hit so much. He wasn't happy and not being able to do his own thing. Uh, Definitely let the hashtag let Russ Cook movement kind of get in his head as well. And usually in the NFL, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. So I think that there's something that is to be said about that whole situation. I just think that there's something to be said about it.
1: That's fine, but not at eight. I can assure you from now, even though it's May, that Russell Wilson is not going to be at eight by the time the season comes around. I had him even like lower, even like a couple days ago. And then for this, I just I move him up to 10 because I honestly think he's going to end as a top 10 quarterback. The volatility is just killing me. There's
0: two guys that I have ahead of him that we haven't talked about yet that I
1: thought for sure we were going to talk about.
0: I got him at 6G, baby. Let's uh let's get to the next guy. Um, Jason has not seen this list as you obviously have can tell. Um, <laughs> Jalen Hurts is next on the list. There it is. As I eat my All right. Um, sorry, had had to, had Professional to sneeze. Special pod. I think I, that my allergies. I sneezed. ate my.
1: I ate my cherry while you were
0: sneezing. <laughs> He's ninth. Yo, for me, I have Jalen Hurts yeah. ranked twelfth. So tell me why I'm stupid. I have Hurts at nine,
1: um, and I'm so that means potentially going to move him higher.
0: So that means Michael probably has him around six somewhere,
1: unless is Casses' I mean, rankings also part of this? I could, conglomerate. Casses aren't up yet. Cass's not, not yet. Up. Okay. So Michael probably. I is honestly, six. I could move Jalen Hurts up to seven right now. I had a Rogers and Brady, and not even feel bad about it. Oh, I just gave away who my eighth is. But
0: I'm sorry.
1: the thing is with Jalen Hurts, dude, he's bigger than people think. He weighs more than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, 6'2", 216. Hurts is 6'1", 222. He
0: looks like he weighs more than Lamar Jackson. I don't think that's a secret. He looks... Does it? If, he, if you have eyes, you know that Jalen Hurts weighs more than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is skinny.
1: I don't know. I feel like Hertz gets the... I don't know. I I guess that's just me, but I've always felt like Hertz gets the, the skinny guy treatment. He's Skinny, he's a, uh, inch shorter than LLP. I think. Shorter. He gets the short guy treatment. Shorter. He, but he's only an inch shorter than Lamar Jackson. That's that's the. And he weighs more than him. That's a surprising part. So he's a bigger guy than you think. When it comes to rookie quarterbacks last year, he was second in yards per attempt and adjusted yards per attempt, both behind Justin Herbert. And then if you look at what the Eagles did when Jalen Hurts started last year, they came out of shotgun, eighty-nine percent of the time, they ran the ball forty-one percent of the time out of shotgun. Both were third in the league. So it's clear that they want to run an offense out of the shotgun with Jalen Hurts. What does that mean? It means he's going to throw the ball a lot. It means he's going to be able to see the field in front of him and run with the ball. This guy had 354 rushing yards last year. He started three games. He has Lamar Jackson rushing upside. And he wasn't a bad thrower last year. He was inefficient, yes. But he was a rookie. And like I just said, he was the... and clearly behind Herbert, because don't even get me started on Tua. Please, we're not talking about Tua today because he's nowhere near this list. I just think that he has such upside with his legs, man. He he has a... Uh, hit 354 rushing yards in three games. Literally, that's all I need to say. That's why he's eighth. That's why he's ninth here.
0: I think, I think look, I have him at 12th, so I think he's a quarterback one. I think what you're going to look at with, with Jalen Hurts is... The extenuating, the ex ex, nah, the exterior factors. Extenuating uh, circumstances. The extenuating circumstances. There you go. Like the exterior factors of Jalen Hurts, because when you're looking at him, yeah, his, his rushing floor is fire, and his, you know, he has oh, the poten- he has sorry. potential. What?
1: We completely forgot to mention that they drafted Devontae Smith too.
0: What? W- don't say we. I. I- I didn't go yet. I forgot Uh, to mention. He does have Devontae Smith. And again, I think that one thing that uh, you see a lot of epidemics going around uh, the fantasy circles around this time. Uh, Rookie fever is a really serious pandemic that we've been dealing with for decades now that has no vaccine in sight. Um, And a lot of people, what they do with rookie fever is that they just assume that a team has fixed their weakness because they drafted a rookie to that spot. And I will, again say Devonte Smith. Yes, he had a great season. He was the first wide receiver since 1947 to have to be the Heisman winner. Sure, but with that being said, the guy weighs 165 pounds, bro. He weighs 165 pounds. So you're asking, uh, so you're asking for something that's never happened before to happen, and you know how I feel about that. I just I have no business. I'm not in the business of banking on things that have never happened before. Does that mean they're impossible? No. But I'm not banking on Devontae Smith being a, a right away impact player for the Eagles because I've never seen a 165-pound guy, let alone a rookie, succeed in the NFL as a wide receiver. So I need to see it no, happen. Don't get me wrong.
1: I agree with you. I'm I'm lower on Devontae Smith than most.
0: And let's let's take a look at Jalen Hurts because look, Jalen Hurts has the talent, right? And you gotta love the dude's mentality. You gotta love the guy's attitude. I mean, Jalen Hurts is everything you want in a football player. He really is. The only problem is look, and i look, I'm not gonna be the guy who's gonna judge a guy solely based off four games at the end of a season where he's trying to save a sinking ship from drowning. Okay, so and, and he's a rookie. Like I'm not trying to judge a guy. But with that being said, a fifty two percent completion percentage leaves a whole lot to be desired. And could that get significantly better to like ten points? If it gets ten points better, he'd still be below league average in completion percentage. So even then though. The volume is going to be there. No team passed more than the Eagles last year. See, and that's and that's another thing. I'm, I'm glad you you brought that up because it's a completely new coaching staff. Nick Sirianni is the head coach. He was the head. Co- he was the offensive coordinator with the uh, Colts last year. And we know that the Colts ran the ball a lot. We know that they had a three headed monster in the backfield, which we'll talk about this in our running back they
1: rankings. Run
0: ball, they, they started running more at the end of the season. Again, but I don't think we should. We and should. It, I don't think we should base any of the tendencies at all. I don't think we can use any of the tendencies because it's a brand new coaching staff. I and think
1: it just goes to show, though, their the, offensive the, coordinator as well. The vision they're in. They're in a division of teams that don't play defense and that are going to score. They're going to have to pass.
0: I mean, I wouldn't say that the Washington football team is a good defensive team. Ryan Fitzpatrick, baby. He's putting up points. I think they're going to win that division this year, if if I'm betting on it right now. The Giants could be a little better. And the Cowboys, you know, they tried to get better. Michael Parsons in the draft and everything. Like, uh, yes, sure. The division, it's kind of like the opposite of what I said about Russell Wilson, where inside the division, I'm nervous about him. Jalen Hurts should have good matchups inside the division. Like, uh, and again, I have him here as a quarterback one, so I think he's going to be useful. I just, there's so many unknowns. New head coach, new offensive coordinator, uh, new situation for him, new weapons. Uh, Zach Ertz looks like he's going to hold out. So it's just too many question marks for me right now. As these question marks start to answer themselves, I could see myself getting as high as you, but I'm just not ready to to anoint Jalen Hurts the next up yet. I have two guys. I could see him. I have two guys above him that have the same skill set that I. Who has the same skill set? You, well, you'll see, you'll see. Um, How high do you have Trey Lance? (laughs) No, the different rookie. Oh, dude, Justin Fields. I got. Look, just to give you a little. What the fuck are you doing? I got Justin Fields. You have him as a QB one. I got. I got Justin Fields QB ten.
1: Oh my goodness, you're that
0: person. All right.
1: Why (laughs) does the world think they're smarter than all NFL teams? Twitter convinced themselves that Justin Fields was the second or first best quarterback in this draft when clearly he was fourth or fifth in most teams' minds. And then the Bears, the fucking Bears, are going to make him a QB1 with Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney. We don't even know if he's going to be the quarterback week one. You're telling me you'd rather have Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts, who we talked about rushing Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson in a league of their own? No, Jalen Hurts, add Jalen Hurts to that list. There's no way Hurts rushes for less than 800 yards this season. I've
0: seen Matt Nagy make a running quarterback, a QB1, with less talent than Justin Fields. I've seen it already. I've seen it happen. So, again, like, I'm just not banking on the first thing ever. I'm not banking on a rookie head coach and a first-year quarterback. I'm going to bank on a guy who, look, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, their jobs on the line. Their jobs on the line. They're not, first of all, he's not sitting for more than maybe two games if he does sit. Second, when Nagy highlighted the strengths of Mitch Trubisky, Trubisky had a phenomenal year, particularly in his second year. He really made an offense around Mitch Trubisky and Mitch ran for 500 yards that year and was really effective because of his running prowess. And then the next year, instead of unleashing that, they tried to fit him into they tried to fit the square peg into the circle and it just didn't work because he's not a pocket passer. So it didn't work for him. I don't think Matt Nagy makes that mistake again because if he does make that mistake again, he's fired. So I mean, and you're also Dude, talking about I a can't guy. I believe with,
1: your argument right now. You're talking about a guy with four is, four speed.
0: He's faster than Jalen Hurts. He's more athletic than Jalen Hurts is.
1: Your talk. Your argument right now is I prefer a lame duck coach. No. To a guy who just got hired. No.
0: That's your argument no, right now. No, it's not. No, it's not.
1: Sirianni just got hired. Just, Matt you,
0: Nagy. That was very Fox News of you. <laughs> Twisting my words that way. That's not what I said at all. <laughs> I said I'm banking on a on a coach that has already produced a quarterback one out of a, out of a, mobile rookie, that they traded up to draft, like I it's already happened. So I could, I could with more confidence step forward in my assessment there, personally. I
1: can't I can't believe you're saying this right now. All right, let's get I to our, Michael was here.
0: Let's get to our next guy. Um. Look, man. You go... I didn't even consider Justin Fields up here. We're not even going to talk about Justin Fields today. We're not going to talk about Justin Fields. Justin Fields is the 13, 14, 15, 16, 17th ranked quarterback on the consensus. So you must be. Low. And you have him where? You have ten. Ten? Yeah. I have him twenty. No, Michael. If he's 17, him like 15, that means Michael's even lower ish. than me.
1: No. No. You have him ten. I have him twenty.
0: The average is 15. Yeah, you're right. So Michael probably has him like 22. Well, what can I tell you? Sometimes you're stupid. I'm like, psh, you're We're not. Seven. No, you're Michael not Lizer. usually stupid, yeah. but you're stupid this time. Um, let's go to the next guy, Thomas Brady. The finally, th- the goat himself comes in here. Look, I think it's, I think it's something that needs to be said that Tom Brady had a much better second half of the year than he had a first half of the year. Reports came out that he didn't even know the playbook until the second half of the year. He now has a remarkably similar team than he did last year. It's kind of crazy how the Buccaneers are basically the exact same team coming back. He has a ton of weapons to throw to. He is smart. He wants to make history. He can look. Tom Brady is all about his legacy. Tom Brady is all about being the GOAT. He may not act like he cares, but he cares the most about it. And knowing he put it, he knows that if he goes and wins two straight Super Bowls with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the name Belichick never has to ring in his ear ever again. And that people are just going to give him the credit that he deserves. And he was he will be considered the GOAT for, from now until, and, and you know with the parity that's in the NFL right now, and with the contracts, and with the trades, and with the lack of quarterback consistency, and the lack of... The lack of success with quarterbacks in their second and third contracts, I think that it's going to be really hard for a team to put together championships like he did for so many years. And doing it twice in a row is going to be a great motivator for him because that cements his legacy. So I think that, you know, Tom Brady, I have him QB 13. The only reason I have him QB 13 is because I don't know what the plan is for him. I know that he's not going to get any rushing stats. And I just don't know what the plan is for him in terms of keeping him healthy. So, uh, just a little bit, little bit trepidation for Tom Brady because of that. But I mean, he's someone that I am comfortable having on my. Uh, <laughs> he's someone that I'm very, very comfortable having on my as my starting quarterback on my fantasy team. This
1: guy's the trepidation. Far facts. facts. Nah, I have Tom Brady at eight. Uh, everything you just said rings true. They're bringing back the exact same team, and shout out to Andy Holloway, the OG. For this one. He tweeted the other day, and I saved it because I, my mind was blown, that Tom Brady's 17-game pace from Week 10 last season. Because remember, Bruce Arians, very difficult playbook. So let's just assume Tom Brady learned all of it by Week
0: 10. Also, very important to note that their bye week was super late in the year last year. I think it was like Week 11. So this is like, it's not even like he had a week off just to study the playbook and, you know, like get everything together. After that really late bye week, and I'm going to look up right now exactly when that bye week was. But after that really late bye week, that's that's what happened. And and his pace in those games, 5400 yards and 49
1: touchdowns. That's a lot. That's a that's also a very big number. The NFL wants Tom Brady to succeed because almost every strength of schedule measure, no matter whose you look at, has the Bucks in like the top five of easiest schedule. They want the Bucks to succeed, and they were handed one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. And Tom Brady has all of his weapons coming back, and his his and it's his second year in a difficult but extremely effective playbook. There's no way Tom Brady doesn't fucking kill it. There, like, that, I don't know what else to say. Their bye was week 13. Yeah, that's mad late, especially for an old man. Crazy late,
0: crazy crazy. Imagine late. playing. I don't even know what I was gonna say. In Tom Brady from week ten Imagine to Imagine playing twelve th- games in the NFL. Yeah. With nonstop. That's and a, you're an old ass man. That's crazy. Um from week ten to week sixteen, Tom Brady in standard formats, uh, and in any format. When I say standard, I don't mean standard scoring, but but quarterbacks is a standard scoring across the board. Scored thirty points twice, scored over twenty three points four out of the six last weeks, and then had a couple of uh a couple of stankers as well can't 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 just he's say gonna the good have a game every now and then yeah. because Tom Brady doesn't run yeah that's that's what, where the upside cap is that, capped he's not gonna use his legs that's what scares me that's what scares me about Tom Brady it's it's upside is capped floor is capped floor is uh is a lot lower than if you know Lamar and Jackson's gonna get you 50 yards and a touchdown on the ground like that's 11 points right there before he even starts passing the ball so that's well, that's what,
1: why Tom Brady is not ahead of Lamar Jackson Right, right. I'm just and that's why I'm thinking of moving Jalen Hurts over him. Uh, but I would 100% rather have Tom Brady than
0: Justin Fields, Tim. Um, Let's see. Who is next on our list of names is here? Is this the fun one? Is this the fun one? Not yet. Coming in at number 11. <clears throat> not the fun one quite yet, but I think it's going to be fun watching him. Freedom. Freedom. Matt Stafford. Coming in at number 11, finally playing in a situation outside of Detroit. I have him at number 9. I am right now toying with the Matthew Stafford for MVP debate in my head, to be honest with you. I think Matt Stafford has been—he's like—you ever see Aladdin? He's like the genie in the bottle. Yes,
1: it's me, her, the that above. Yeah, that
0: has all these magic powers, but no one's using them because they've been buried in the desert for a thousand years. And that's what Matthew Stafford is. His his the desert of football that is Detroit. Sorry, Jess, is it just got buried? He just got buried there, and he had great weapons to throw to, but he never had a great offensive line, and he never had a great defense. So I think now you're gonna have a great coach. Who oh. Not to mention, terrible coaches. <laughs> now you're going to have a great coach for him. Someone who thinks on the level that he thinks. Matt Stafford Matt Stafford is regarded as one of the smartest guys in football. Thinks on the level that he thinks. He gets to throw around to guys like Cooper Cup, who, by the way, I am super high on Cooper Cup this year. Robert Woods, they just drafted Tutu Atwell. They have, uh, uh, what's his name from last year? Uh, the second-round pick. So they have a a plethora. Jefferson. Jefferson, Van Jefferson. They have Tyler Higbee at quarterback, I mean, at at tight end. Uh, Cam Akers at running back, not to mention Daryl Henderson, who also played very well at running back last year, especially if you look at his rushing yards over expected. So, I mean, everything works out for Matt Stafford. He has a limit, again, because of that rushing ceiling, uh, that rushing floor. But Matt Stafford comes here as a consensus number 11.
1: Yeah, everything you said rings true. Um, And also, I just want to make a quick note about Tutu Atwell, who has some dope fucking comps, dude, based on his uh, measurables and college history. Tyler Lockett, Deshaun Jackson, T.Y. Hilton, K.J. Hamler, Brandon Cook. Wow. Four
0: of those five guys
1: are studs. Yeah, like borderline (laughs) Hall of Fame, some of them. So our comp machine really likes Tutu Atwell, and if he's able to open up the field like that, with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup running the intermediate to short routes. Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson both being efficient in the backfield. Matthew Sefford, everything's set up for
0: him. I Man, agree. I can't wait to see Matthew. The only thing the is he also has no legs. No legs. How's he playing quarterback? A brum, brum, oh. Is this a special Olympics quarterback league? brum, brum these aren't even jokes. Did he have? Does he have uh, those running things that people have when they're missing legs? Brum, bum, <laughs> Stop! <laughs> Shout out to all the people out is there. This the is this the fun one? Is this? Shout last, out to all the people who are missing legs out there, though. Like, not for nothing. Like warriors, absolute warriors. Some of them, real life warriors who lost their legs during battle. Um, but with that being said, this is the fu- fun one. Coming in at number 12, and I'll give you guys some guesses, but you'll never guess. Jason hit me up earlier today. He's like, yo, guys, because we didn't see any of our rankings. We, As you guys know, we've mentioned this. We don't look at each other's rankings before we rank. We like to, to see where we're the same, where we're different. As you could tell, Jason's called me stupid like three times already. Um, Taysom Hill. You're mad dumb. Taysom Hill comes in as our final quarterback one. Now, aye, aye. why Taysom Hill? Why? I'm going to tell you this right now. All right? Guys, until I am guaranteed otherwise, I am operating under the assumption that Taysom Hill is the quarterback for the Saints. Now, why would I do that? They already said that Jameis Winston is going to be the quarterback. I don't care what any coach says, what any media person says, what any insider says. I have already seen the decision of Hill versus Winston play out in front of my eyes. And until there is an official declaration otherwise, I, as a human being, not just not just fantasy, in life, I let actions speak louder than words. And I saw Sean Payton's actions go, we have an option between these two quarterbacks and I pick you. And when he picked them, he'll 20 fantasy points per game in his four starts last season. He produced on the ground, 204 yards and four TDs on the, on the ground. He produced in the air, 834 yards, four TDs compared to one interception in the air. There is literally no reason For him not to be the starting quarterback. And if he is the starting quarterback, this man is a potential league winner. Because he's not going to be drafted as a starting running back if you're drafting before he gets named the starting quarterback. So he's a league winner type guy. But as soon, I I promise you, his ADP is going to jump from like 20. Right now it's at the 22nd quarterback overall. That ADP is going to jump significantly to within the top 10 as if he's named the starter. And just get get on it while you can. I think Taysom Hill is the starter here. I don't think there's any reason to think that he's not the starter. And I think that Sean Payton is licking his lips. He's like, all right, I've had this amazing quarterback the last few years and it's kind of gotten boring for me. Now I get the challenge. I remember when I got too good at Madden, I would draft a quarterback in like the fifth or sixth round who was like a 66 overall. And I would try to win the Super Bowl with a sixty six quarterback because it's fun because I was winning championship after championship with the regular quarterbacks. I think that's what Sean Payne's doing. He's he wants to play with his joystick. The guy that he paid I know he didn't really pay hundred million dollars to I'm not stupid, but he paid a quote unquote one hundred million dollars to. So I think that Taysom Hill's the starting quarterback here and I think that uh if he is easy easily quarterback eleven for me.
1: If I'm drafting today whatever league you're in, take Taysom Hill with your last pick yeah. or in the later rounds because everyone's ignoring this guy. Literally, Tim said everything you need to hear. The Saints made a decision last year, and Taysom Hill was the quarterback they chose. So why should we think now that it's going to be Jameis Winston? just doesn't make any sense. It's, it's, and if it is Jameis Winston because they think that, you know, with a whole offseason, Winston will suit them better, fine. But you don't need to pay much for it. You know and what? if Taysom Hill is the starting quarterback, he's top 12. There's no way he's not top 12.
0: So I was listening to a Joe Douglas... Yeah, there's no way. I agree with you. I was listening to a Joe Douglas interview the other day, and there was a question asked him. And the question was, Zach Wilson's pro day happened, and then that day, later that day, Kyle Shanahan trades up to the number three pick. So... There's rumors circulating because, you know, Robert Sala comes from the 49ers and the 49ers and the Jets seem to have a good relationship. Earlier in the year, we called uh, we called the Jets the New York 49ers or the San Francisco Jets. Um, they have a pretty good relationship. So people, you know, theorized that the reason why the 49ers decided to pull the trigger at three was not only because the Jets weren't interested in training the number two pick, but also because Joe Douglas, Robert Sala and the boys gave the 49ers a little bit of an inside look at what the Jets were planning, and that's why the 49ers were able to make that move. Whether that is true or not is not the point here. The point is, is how Joe Douglas answered that question. He answered that question by saying, you know, the 49ers are a world-class franchise. We didn't even know what we were doing at that point. I don't know how they knew what they were doing. And what he said was they did a great job keeping their plans close to the vest. They didn't let any leaks come out of the organization. They didn't have, a, they didn't have any um, information that they didn't want circulated to be circulated. And that is something that every GM aspires to. And that sentence flipped me a little bit. That is something that every GM aspires to. He called them the model for all the GMs to aspire to. That's what these GMs aspire to, bro. They aspire to lie to you. They they literally like whoever lies the best is is considered in high regard. That's that's what a GM does, and people just think that Sean Payton is just gonna be like, oh yeah yeah yeah, it's Jameis. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense from a tactical standpoint, from a talent standpoint. I just don't see Jameis Winston being the, the starting quarterback of this team, and I see Taysom Hill being the starting quarterback to this team. Now this this all might age very t- poorly. Um, so the last question before we leave, Jason, I want to I want to ask you is we have Jason Hill up here at consensus quarterback twelve. If he does not get the starting quarterback and the starting quarterback for the Saints becomes Jameis Winston, where does he land on your on your rankings?
1: If Jameis Winston
0: is the quarterback, yeah, because I think it's fair just to probably out there. we'd be we'd be foolish probably in the mid. Sorry, we'd be foolish to dismiss the possibility of Jameis Winston being the quarterback. Although that's basically what we did for the last seven minutes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> he would be in the mid the mid teens for me. In the same in the Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins range.
0: Yeah, same for me. I have so this is the end of tier two. I have tier three starting with Tom Brady at thirteen, and then I have tier four starting with Carson Wentz at seventeen. So I think he would be at the top of tier four at sixteen. I think that that's probably where I'd put him. So I mean, I, that I think that's that says a lot for what the saints can do with these guys. But with that being said, if you want to catch our next 24, uh, quarterbacks, um, patreon.com slash Our next 24,
1: Tim, we're going to talk about 36 total quarterbacks.
0: Um, I mean, you don't want to talk about Mac Jones and, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but yeah, Mac who, if you notice, by the way, Deshaun Johnson, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson is not on our list. Um, Right now he's hanging out around 37, uh where Jordan Love and Teddy Bridgewater are hanging out in my rankings. Obviously, that could also throw a wrench in things if by some miraculous whatever all like 80 women who he allegedly sexually harassed come out and say like, "Oh, we were just full of shit." Um yeah, then maybe he plays, but if it was if my if my money was going to it, I would say he doesn't play in. You know, as a person who has been reading the allegations against him, usually I'm not a big fan of punishing people professionally for their personal follies. My man, you can't play in the NFL this year, bro. <laughs> like, you did some fucked up shit, bro. So, like, uh, you know, you got to get that shit straightened out before you can play in the NFL again. Um, but with that being said, Jason, where can they find you? At Brodo FF Jason. Uh, You can find me at Brodo FF Tim. You can find Michael at Brodo FF Mike. You can find Cass at Brodo FF uh, Casanova. See what we did there. Uh, don't forget about our website. Our website is still fire, even though the, the app has been taking our attention. BrodoFantasy.com. You can find all the articles and all the stats and all that stuff from the app on the website, although the app does have significantly more features. Uh, don't forget to download the app, the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, now available wherever you get your apps. And with that being said, again, patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy for the second episode this week, and to please contribute to the cause, because uh, we appreciate every single one of you. Shout out to the current patrons, shout out to the Discord, uh, shout out to Bick, one of our writers who just graduated recently. Uh, good to see him out, out there with the graduation cap. Um, into this big unknown world, kid. I remember my last day at Baruch, my last day at college, I remember looking back looking at that building and be like turning around and looking at the world and literally like feeling like the world is ahead of me. Like my life is beginning right now. Like I I felt it happen in my body. Um, little did I know. Shout
1: out, uh, Kevin Krauss as well. Our, our German patron who graduated in Germany
0: recently as well. Very, very true. All right. You know, proto international. We international out here. We international. He, uh, yeah. And shout out to who Kevin didn't win the fantasy base basketball league. Who won the fantasy basketball league? Um, it wasn't Kevin. Gary. No, it wasn't Gary. It was uh, it was remember I took I called him German by accident. <laughs> it was Kurt Kurt Kurt. It was Kurt. There you go. Kurt, Kurt. Hey. Yeah, so you called him Kevin. I called him Kevin. I called him I was like yo, he came through from Germany and won the basketball champion like Dirk Nowitzki, and everyone cut my ass within three seconds. I'm like, oh god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, uh that's all for us. Uh tune into the second episode. We're gonna talk some more shit. Later. You want, you're not gonna say peace, Jason? What the fuck? Later. Say peace, man. Later. Oh, it's not it's not right. It's just not right.